Well, hello and welcome to the Split Real Podcast. I'm Steve Packnick and joining me as usual, we have the one, the only. He hasn't won a Golden Globe yet, but we're still holding out for our hope. Gabe Acevedo. Hey, I haven't won because I haven't been able to send the Hollywood Foreign Press into a trip. So when I can afford that, then I'll win my Golden Globe. Yeah, once you get your uh, couple millions and send it to them so that they can, you know, keep dishing that back out to their their own members, uh, yeah, then you can finally get your Golden Globe. Exactly. Then it'll happen. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. You know, Transformer blew outside my house last night in the middle of the night. So that, you know, puts a damper on sleep a little bit, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Fun times. Fun times. Oh yeah, you know, was up late watching the watching the Globes last night, and uh, you know, we're recording this on Monday, right after the right after the Globes, uh, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling good, feeling good, feeling excited about the award season, uh, feeling excited about a lot of stuff coming up. How are you feeling about this award season and everything? Well, um, I'm excited. It's officially begun, um, yep. and you know me, I love awards. Um, oh yeah, I don't know why I love awards because. They give me nothing, but I still love them. Um, no, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I think it's a fun. Honestly, I think it's a fun season. It's not. It's not enough. It's not a fun season for my predictions, but it's a oh, yeah. fun season because it's keep. It's gonna keep us on our toes because mm. I think we're gonna have many different winners, many award shows until the big night at the Oscars. So that'll definitely be interesting and fun. I think one of the the funniest things is we made. Uh, you know, if you listen to our 20 minute uh, uh, predictions podcast on Friday, you you got a glimpse of who we thought was going to win what we thought we were expecting for the ceremony um and you know our predictions are our look our predictions did not do pretty well but we got our predictions right in one area in particular the one prediction that we got right uh and i'm most proud of getting right is that we got a lot wrong that was my prediction everything's gonna be wrong and we got a lot wrong uh i think we like after counting out the films uh we split six and six out of 14 that's horrible that is horrible <laughs> for for two people who, who do a movie podcast we are horrible at predicting who we think was gonna win but to be fair i was skimming today um twitter and sites that i follow yeah um and everybody did really bad at movies oh there's there's yeah that, that's a, there's a reason why i mean there were so many like so many that just came out of nowhere like there were at least four categories that i can think of that were just really just shockers like four mm. genuine shocking categories uh and we took risks on some because i didn't want we didn't want to be too you know straightforward with the the odds on favorite but uh you know maybe we should have in the other categories which we you know if we took pick the odds on favorite in some categories and, and went with our long shots in in the right categories we could have yep. done better i mean uh kayla did a ballot last night too and she she got nine so she crushed us i don't know she should be on here telling us what to be talking about. <laughs> we should retire. This welcome to our last podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. I'm, I'm still. We got a lot of exciting things coming up, so I'm not retiring quite yet. We got the whole season ahead of us to make up for this. Uh, but no, it was the, so the Golden Globes were last night. If you, if you didn't know, uh, they were the the 78th Golden Globes were on Sunday night. Uh, they were, they were quite fun. I, I enjoyed. I, I actually quite enjoyed them. Um, you know, I. I I've missed award shows. I missed the whole the whole season. Uh, I only watch movie award shows. I'm not a big fan of like the Emmys or anything like that. I don't I don't really follow that. But the the movie awards are fun and they're always exciting to be back. And I was excited to to have award shows again, even though I know a lot of the movies a lot of people don't see or whatnot. Um, we'll talk about uh, in a later episode. We're definitely going to be discussing some of the issues with award shows, and uh, we'll also be having our own award show which I'm pretty excited about, but uh, 
you know, I, I just really enjoyed the fact that these were back. Uh, what, what, what were your thoughts on the ceremony as a whole? If we just take the whole ceremony just as like a concept, the Golden Globes, what, what did you think of how they executed it and, uh, and the, whole, the whole show last night? Because I, I certainly enjoyed it. I had, a, I had a good time watching it, but I missed it. Um, I had a good time watching it, um, but I always have a good time watching any award shows, no matter how bad they are. I wasn't a fan of the ceremony. Um, I don't think... I, I just don't think it was good. I think Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were good, not great. And I understand that there's, you know, there's so much they can do because of COVID. And I get that. But I think um, a part exemplar of something really good was the Emmys back in September, which I think they did a really, really good job in doing an online kind of ceremony. Um, yeah, I just think it wasn't good. I think the first mistake they did, I didn't like the bicoastal thing. You know, you oh, had Tina Fey in New York mm-hmm. and Amy Poehler in California. I just think that didn't work for me. I like um, that, actually. I genuinely liked it yeah. for this for this circumstance. I thought it worked. I thought it was effective because of the the distance that they had to go. Like people couldn't travel. So there's, you know, there is the New York side of uh, films and then there's the L.A. side of films. And they kind of just were able to meet together and people didn't have to travel to L.A. to be in person. And they didn't have to travel to New York to be in person. So I actually kind of enjoyed that. I see where you're saying where it might not have worked. I mean, I didn't watch, again, I didn't watch the Emmy, so I don't know exactly how that format went. But for seeing a virtual thing, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I might be in the minority here, but I def- I kind of enjoyed the bi-coastal thing. It was interesting to have the New York versus LA thing. Um, but I could definitely see where it was kind of, there were some technical issues as well. There were a lot of technical issues. Yeah. Uh, even with like the syncing of the broadcast and mm-hmm. and stuff. So, I mean, that was certainly something that, uh, I mean, I enjoyed. Uh, and I, I definitely know that like others didn't. Like you, you for example, did not enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, yeah, I was not, I was not a fan. I didn't hate it, but I was not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, that's totally fine. And that's we're we're definitely able to disagree on this. I mean, we disagree on we disagree on so many things. So this is definitely something we could definitely disagree on. Uh, I think the Oscars won't do that. They'll they'll probably be in one place. Yeah, I think the Oscars are going to be. They're aiming for in person an in person ceremony. Um, I assume that if they do that, it's only going to be the nominees without any guests because I don't think you want to kill. You don't want to give Frances McDormand like COVID and kill her. So we'll see what they do. What and what they end up deciding. We still have two months basically almost two months to the oscars what did you think of having the live audience too that i enjoyed i think it was nice i think they were first responders so the audience was all first responders on both coasts so that was nice i wish if you're gonna have first responders i wish they would have been more part of the ceremony giving them more airtime you know recognizing them more um, that's something that the Emmys, and I know you didn't see the Emmys, but that was something that the Emmys did. The Emmys was all around the first responders. So you had first responders like presenting categories and you had segments about COVID and the, the work that first responders have, um, have done throughout the year. So I think if you're going to have first responders and make the show about first responders, you should give first responders some light instead of just mentioning at the beginning, oh, they're first responders. And then just mentioning it like twice during the ceremony. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, I think they, they kind of, they probably didn't have enough time. I mean, there's so much that went into this ceremony, and it, it ran the entire le- the, the entire three hours. Like it was really packed. Uh, some of the bits were just weird anyway. 
Uh, so I don't know that they could have thrown in more, but mm-hmm. um, I agree. They, they could have done a little bit more, but I enjoyed there being a live audience, which was actually quite fun. And that made, I think the, that made the opening monologue a little bit better to have an actual live audience and people there to possibly laugh at jokes. They probably did add a laugh track in as well, but <laughs> uh, it, it was at, at least it felt more real. Uh, what did you think of their opening monologue too? Again, I think they were fine. I think they were better those three years that they hosted in 2013, 14, and 15. Um, I missed the sharp tongue from them because I think they can be quote unquote crueler or go in harder on people. And I think they missed some opportunities specifically going after the HFPA. And I know um, we're, we're probably going to talk about the controversies in a little bit. Um, but, you know, hosts have gone after. Oscars and Emmys and the HFPA before. So I think they could have done or gone even harder on them. I thought they were fine. They had a cute, they had, they had a few nice jokes. I don't think they had anything memorable. I'm not walking away from the ceremony with them giving me something memorable in their set. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a, the only thing for me that was lacking in the opening monologue. And this, this is going to happen because of COVID is my favorite part about the opening monologue is when they start to go in and, and tease people about movies or they, you know, mm-hmm. they make fun of a certain actor in like a fun way. They make jokes about actors and stuff and they cut to them and they like show their reactions and everything like that. Yeah. And like them starting to get like embarrassed or, or like, you know, uh, they're blushing because they're talking about them and stuff. And I always find that to be a really funny part, mm-hmm. but when they cut to them in zoom, it looks really weird because they're like just zooming and they, they like cut to them and they're like, there, there's a there's a slight delay yeah, delayed that's yeah. the thing yeah it, it did it didn't really work for me the whole uh the the cut to see the celebrities uh reactions to it like when they talk about a movie you know at the, at the awards show shows they'd show the table where the movie of the where the actors and the director yep. and everybody is but in this it, it just it cut to like some random zoom and that person wasn't even paying attention or they showed some of someone else's reaction to to it and it was just it was so it was so strange to me so or they're taking a nap like al pacino oh god al pacino oh god what a guy what a guy yeah i i get it but yeah i think they were they were fine but but they're always good um i I, this is not the most memorable um hosting gig that they've done for me i mean it's also the most challenging to be honest it's the most challenging i mean it is uh you know during covid it's a very unique year so it's obviously going to be a challenging uh uh, ceremony so i think they did the best with what they had Mm -hmm. i really think you know being in two different places they didn't weren't there together and i really see there i think there's a huge lack of energy that comes from not having a crowd oh yeah absolutely brings it feeds energy and they they definitely were lacking a little bit because well, of that. and that's what I meant when when I didn't when I mentioned that I don't like I didn't like the bicoastal thing. I think both of them work really well when they're together. Yeah. Um, and I think even without a crowd or limited crowd that they had, both of both of them together in the same stage, I think would have been, would have read better. It would have I would have feel it. I would have felt it more rather mm-hmm. than having them in opposite sides. For example, the beginning bit when. Tina Fey just reaches out with her arm and somebody else is like stroking Amy Poehler's hair. I wish we would have gotten more of that throughout the ceremony. They would have played more with the whole virtual thing with yeah. the whole like we're apart thing, but that was just one bit and done. And it, it just felt disjointed. 
I see playing acting like they're in the same place, but really being on different coasts could have exactly. Been a yeah, I think that I would have been that would have that that would have made it more fun. Um, and yeah. play the aspects like we're in COVID and we're screwed because we're apart from each other, so we're gonna do all these little crazy bits. Yeah. No, I think so. That that's fair. What were the what were your thoughts on some of the other bits too? Like there were a couple other sketches that happened in between that. Uh, some some worked, some didn't really work. Um, honestly. Again, it's not a memorable ceremony. I like Barb and and Star because I watched yeah. that movie. <laughs> that movie is a trip and hilarious. Um, I would not mind seeing them host in those characters. That was fine. I did not like, and I love Maya Rudolph, love her, but I did not like the bit with Maya Rudolph and Kenan Thompson. No, that, um, felt, that, that felt awkward and forced yeah. and just like- It was it, too it, long. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. Um yeah, it was just not bad. It was not not good. And then other bits, honestly, nothing was memorable to me. Well, the funniest thing about that bit about bad acceptance speeches, right? They're like, so everybody's already rehearsed and giving bad, no one's giving a bad acceptance speech. And so we're going to bring one on with a bad acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. But the acceptance speech right before, I believe, was Jason Sudeikis winning for Ted Lasso in which he seems like he was high out of his mind. Yes, he and, was. And like had no idea what he was saying. So he gave a really bad acceptance speech. And then they're like, oh, so no one's given a bad acceptance speech yet. And it's like, uh, yeah, he just gave a horrible acceptance speech yeah. wearing his tie-dye hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I love that people were so comfy. He, I, um, oh my God, the newsroom actor, Jeff Daniels was in a flannel shirt in his dining room. I loved oh, yeah. it. Yeah, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of casual going on right now in this in this uh in the zooms here. So that was definitely something that happened. Um are there any other thoughts you had about the ceremony before we dive dive into some more of it? Um no, it's for final thoughts. They weren't it was not a memorable ceremony for me. I don't That's fair. It was it was what it was. Yeah, I thought they did the best of what they could. I mean, it is it is a, such a strange year, so they had mm-hmm. to, you know, figure out how to do it. And this is really the Maybe not the absolute best that they could, but they did a pretty good job, I think, uh, for all things considered. Um, before we move into the actual awards recap, though, I do want to just get your thoughts on the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's like message about diversifying and and what they wanted to do next, their next step, and and everything like that. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What did you think of their message and them addressing it? I hated it. I thought it was not substantial. It was not what they needed to do. It lasted what. 10 seconds maybe um it was too short the the message that they their statement that they released on on social media the day before was longer than what they said on tv if you have the platform of television and you are dealing with such a big issue you should address it and we're going to talk about her later um maybe but jane fonda had more substance about diversification in her acceptance speech than the hfpa had in theirs and I just think it was a mm. very big missed opportunity from them. Yeah, that's fair. So we're going to move on and talk about the, uh, we're going to go through the awards a little bit. Uh, the first, we're going to start with some TV. Uh, I didn't, like, again, I, I want to reference, I don't watch a lot of television shows, so I wasn't really for these uh, awards. I didn't really care. I just kind of guessed on this. How many did you get right out of this? Uh, out of the, what are there, 13? Uh, 11. 11 there are 11 words i got eight out of 11 what did you get i got nine. Oh, lucky you look you, 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 you went with the you with the crown sweep right 
I went with the crown sweep. Yeah, yeah that's why I, I decided like I don't care about the crown at all. I could not care less. We fought a war against the United Kingdom to not care about them anymore. And uh, so I don't I don't care. So uh, I didn't I didn't really go with the sweep for them. Uh, but I, I guess I should have if I wanted to if I wanted to do a little bit better. But I, I, I didn't. So I, I had one last there. <laughs> we fought a war to not care. <laughs> I'm done. No, so I'm happy. It, I'm happy. Yeah. I got nine out of eleven. It's I never ever do as good on TV. Yeah. I think this is the first time in many years that I do as good as um better in TV than in film. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with nine out of I'll I'll take that over the film side for sure. I mean, was there any was there anything that stood out or any TV winners that stood out or favorite winners or anything like that? Um I think uh it went pretty to script based on my predictions i was really happy with the crown sweep i love it i think it's the best season that season is amazing um i have a soft spot for Shit's creek so i'm happy that Shit's creek won um series and Catherine o'hara won because she moira rose needs i don't know a religion behind her um <laughs> especially after that finale because po- pope moira rose is awesome um so that was you know it, 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 bebe bebe <laughs> <laughs> so good she's she's she, fantastic she is amazing oh, it is my goal to get you to memorize the wine commercial and just do it in her accent oh she's she's great that accent is outrageous in her alien lot. accent like she said last Absol- night in her speech absolutely love it yeah she's so good no but i'm happy uh you know josh o'connor who i love i've been a fan of him for a few years since i saw a movie called god's own country um i was happy that he won for the crown i love queen's gambit so i was happy that anya taylor joy um won so i'm happy for, for the TV side winners, yeah. for sure. Yeah, there really weren't any surprises. I mean, I don't think I had any surprises from it. I think my favorite moments and favorite speeches from the whole thing were basically how everybody from The Crown, despite being super-duper heavy favorites, was surprised that they won. It was just really <laughs> funny to watch. Like, yeah. be like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I actually won, despite the fact that everybody's been saying you're going to win forever and like you're <laughs> up against like some, some, some like less well-known like performances or not really great performances. Like... I, I think that was that was kind of interesting. Uh, so I, I didn't. I, I don't really. I don't watch TV a lot, so I don't really. <laughs> again, I, I didn't really care. I did. I did care though. I did love that Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso because I I love Ted Lasso. I, I love so that happy show. For him. That's a great show. His speech was hilarious just because he seemed like he was high, and he wore a tie dye sweater and just like, yeah, yeah. Because I'll to be fair, I guess to be fair to him. It was about 1.30 in the morning in the UK because he's in the UK. So he might, might have been pretty tired because I think. Oh, I had no idea he was in the UK. Yeah, he, I think he's shooting uh, the next season of, of Ted Lasso. Right oh, now. OK. Yeah, that's why he has that mustache. <laughs> well, and, he, and he was in, in, in a tie dye. He was the, the visual representation after a breakup because we all know what happened. Um, so I'm like, oh, I felt sorry for him. But he had a joy. I loved seeing him. Yeah, the other the other notable thing from the awards uh, from the TV side was that Norman Lear received the Carol Burnett Award for achievement in television. So, uh, what did you think of that? What did you think of him winning that in his speech? Um, I thought it was great. I love Norman Lear. I love a lot. Uh, I love a lot of his shows. I'm a huge fa- um, fan of things like All in the Family, The Jeffersons. Um, so I was really happy. You know, he's a TV pioneer. I'm happy that they didn't take him there in person because he's yeah. 98 and as soon as he walks in the door he gets COVID and just dies um like we need to protect him but it was it was nice I, I i liked it you know it was he's a television icon so it made sense that they gave it to him and he has children in both college 
and nursing homes. The range, <laughs> people, the range and the talent of that man. I liked his speech and uh, just talking about how, like, you know, laughing makes you live longer. That's why he's 98. Like, you mm-hmm. know, he, he was really happy and just like loved it. And he, he was so happy with his life and everything and all the stuff that he was able to accomplish. And I thought it was really good. I, I thought he, I thought he did a great job with his speech and, you know, he's deserving of this award. I mean, it's a, it's only what this is the third year I think it is now. And I believe the, so. Yeah. The, thir- the third year for this award. So it, we'll, we'll see this coming out. It'll be really great to see a lot of other icons win this uh, in the years to come. So it was really great seeing him do that. Um, All right, so now we're going to switch over to movies, but before we do, we're just going to take a quick break. So getting back into the movie section of the Golden Globes, we had, uh, you know, all of our winners here. This is where we really want to focus a lot of our attention because this is what I really care about. (laughs) Uh, I watched most of these films. I think there's only, I think, two films in in the Best Picture nominees that I didn't see, and that's because I can't see The Father and nobody should see music (laughs) (laughs) i saw music yeah but nobody should see music okay that's fair nobody should we we don't need to give that movie any due credit um but what were your what were your impressions on this it was it was a wild wild night for for film what were your what were your thoughts and impressions um it was definitely something it was definitely something um yeah it was a it was a roller coaster it was a roller coaster it was the Golden Globes have this thing of, you know, the Golden Globes have become like a, like just an adjective. So like, oh my God, that's so Golden Globes. Um, and yesterday they lived up to that. They lived up yeah. to that. They definitely went their own way um, and did a lot of crazy things. A few expected stuff, but mostly crazy and expected. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was such a strange night. I mean, everything about it was was pretty bizarre. Uh, from from the beginning uh, to to the end, to, all the way all the way up through the end. I mean, the, the the way that they structured the show and the order of things was just all over the place. The mm-hmm. awards, uh, the organization was weird. The Zoom calls were strange. Uh, the pre Zoom calls were strange. Uh, it it was just like it was a strange strange night for for film awards. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was it was interesting, too, because they started off. I mean, we know the big the big controversy with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is the fact that uh, they, they revealed that they do. They have no black members as, as part of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Uh, and people were shocked by that. And then they were more they were double shocked when it was revealed that they haven't had any black members for now 20 years, um, which is even more shocking that they haven't had any for that long. So there's, there is a lack of black representation in the, in the uh, Hollywood foreign press association. And people have like criticized them and said like, well um, you know, there is representation of other groups though. It's like, yeah, but you're missing a huge demographic that talks about, you know, movies in the United States, which exactly. No, it's, it's missing a huge, huge demographic. And then right off the bat. So after all of this criticism, people were looking at the first two awards that were given out were for best supporting actor in a in a in a TV in a, in a movie and best supporting actor in a uh, TV show. Those are the those are the first two awards, and both of those awards went to black actors. They went to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, and they went to John Boyega for Small Axe. And people were like, "Are they just doing this to sort of play into it and try to 
take to kind of switch the gears and say, look, we're not racist because we, we supported black actors in these yeah. categories. Um, and, and there, there was that, unfortunately, what's, what really is unfortunate to me is that there was that sort of veil around some of the awards that were given mm-hmm. out, like their awards, uh, Chadwick Boseman and, um, Andre Day also won. And people are like, well, they, they only won because of, because, you know, the, the Hollywood foreign press association wanted to show that they're not racist. Mm-hmm. I think that's slightly unfair, uh, just to just to the actors themselves, because I think these actors have put in great performances. I mean, there is probably that veil around it, and maybe there was a little bit of changing of votes, sort of at the last minute after the after the after the story broke. But because um, I know it broke it broke last week, but the ballots were cast the last day was Tuesday, but the story broke last Sunday. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I don't I don't want there to be that veil. I think that. I think it was, there certainly is that little shroud, but um, I don't want it to take away from those people who won though. I I still don't want, I think that they're quite deserving. What did you think? Um, It's a no win situation for the HFPA. Um, If you would have had no black winners win last night, it would have been a huge controversy. The same, you have um, three black winners in the film side with Andrew Day Chadwick Boseman and Daniel Kaluuya and it's still a controversy because people are saying they just voted for those people because of the controversy of no black members um you know we can't say one way or or another if they got together and decided to do because they had time before the voting closed to do and it's easier to just get together with 87 people than it is with almost 10,000 in the Oscar side so it's easier to like you know, just sit down and like, hey, let's do this. Um, I'm not saying that's what they did. We will never know. Um, but it's definitely a no-win situation. It was yeah. it was a no-win situation. No matter what happened and who won, it was a no-win situation for them. I think they I think one of the things that this that it certainly impacted was the order in awards. I think they decided to just switch the awards order around to maybe focus on some of them right in the beginning as opposed to, you know, later on. That that might be the way they might have done it, but I'm not. I, I don't I don't know 100%, but it was still an interesting thing that they started off with, you know, after trying to address it and not doing that great of a job, uh, still starting off with that. But I, I again, I, I really don't want to take have that takeaway, though, from the from the importance of these, these actors winning. I think they were all brilliant actors and all deserving. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about each of their awards in just a minute. Um, but the, the other thing before we dive into actually breaking down each award was Jane Fonda receiving the Cecil B. DeMille uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, so I don't know what you what you thought of that. I mean, I thought her, she first of all, she looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she has, she signed to deal with somebody because you do not look like that when you're 82 years old. Come yeah. on. And her speech was just great. Her speech was one of the best. There were a lot of good speeches last night. A lot of good speeches. Um, I love her. I'm a fan. Um, I see, I, you know, 925. Like a nice little gay boy. That's obviously part of my life. Um, I love her. I, I, I thought it was great. She looked amazing. Her speech was phenomenal. Um, and I like that a lot of people get to see that she's not only an actress, but she's also an activist and has been for decades. So it was a good, it was a good choice to give her the Cecil B. DeMille Award. I was really happy when they announced that they were going to give it to her. Yeah. And I thought she, she, her speech was great. Continuing her activism. You see like, I like the montage beforehand. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of montages. I like montages. So uh, (laughs) give, give, give more montage. I'm okay with that. I'm pro montage here. Uh, And yeah, I thought, I thought it was just a really good speech and, you know, obviously someone who's totally deserving of the award. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, let's go into let's go into each category. We're just going to go down each of the award winners, and we'll just talk about them a little bit and see if that what ramifications this has on the awards race and uh, and everything like that. So uh, our first one, our first award, we're going to go in a sort of reverse order of the awards. So we had best song with it was what is it, IOC? Is that, is that the name of the Low C? Low C. Yes. Is it L? Yes. Are we sure it's an L? I believe so. Capital I. I believe it's a capital I. I'm guessing it's a capital I. I think it's IOC. I don't know. It's Italian. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, I'm to not me, Italian. It's, so what's so weird about this is it's it's a movie that nobody's seen because it's an Italian movie on Netflix. I and saw it, it. Okay. Well, sorry. I, I didn't know you saw it. You saw uh, the life ahead. It's right? it's Sophia Loren. I had to see it. Okay. Well, yeah. I I, I don't care about this award at all official song is a dumb award now they don't incorporate the songs into the shows into the movies they're just tacked on at the end this is one of those ones right it's tacked on at the end it's not Mm -hmm. yeah they're just they're just credit songs now and they're like there's people trying to get oscars like i don't this doesn't matter to me at all was it the best one sure whatever yeah you have any thoughts uh it's i i love best song um i i i don't mind that songs are not part of the movie per se, if not, a lot of the greatest songs would not have won. Well, um, to me, thinking of my heart will go on from Titanic. If it's not part of the movie, but it's part of the score. It's my basically the score. the score. It's basically the score of the movie is my heart will go on. Well, yeah, like they, half, half of the score is my heart will go on. Yeah, if it's a title, if it's a title track too, I'm okay with title tracks, but not like as everybody's leaving the student, as everyone's leaving the auditorium, you know, then like the, the lights are coming up. That's when the, like, then the song comes on. Like, I don't, I don't need that. I, I don't mind it. Um, For me, that's not like a thing uh, for me. Like it doesn't have to be, I like her. I love Diane Warren. She has given us songs like, I don't want to miss a thing from Armageddon. <laughs> there you'll be from Pearl Harbor. Um, Till it happens to you. Um, Nobody's going to stop us now from Mannequin. So she's an iconic songwriter and she has no Oscars. 11 nominations, no Oscars. She's the Glenn Close. <laughs> you keep to bring in Glenn keep, Close. You she keep is making the Glenn Close. You keep making this argument here about like people getting a bunch of nominations and no wins. You know what that yeah. means? That means that they're not making good enough songs. They're not making good enough performances. That's what it is for me. Well, if you, if, look you know, at- if if she if she did a better job of writing that song for Armageddon, then like you know, maybe she would have won the award. I know those songs are horrible, and they never became part of pop her, culture. Yeah, I don't need her to win. Bad. I don't need her to win. It's okay. I don't care. It's yeah, okay. um, <laughs> I need her to win. I think she's a great songwriter. Um, she's given us amazing music in, in films. So I hope this is the start of her probably winning the Oscar, but it's a weak year for song. So we'll see what happens. Great. Cool. <laughs> that award means nothing to me. Uh, best score. We had uh, Soul, John Batista, Atticus Ross, and Trent Reznor. This one was this one was pretty obvious, I think. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross were uh, really they're 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 huge in this in this genre now and john batiste just added his flavor to, to soul and it was just it was great i mean it's a it's a great score for in my mind what's an underwhelming film uh but i mean this was i think this was just an obvious win right? yeah i knew it's a front runner i went with mank thinking that mank was yeah. going to win something because um golden globes tend to give um or spread the wealth um but this is the front runner i've been saying it for a while that 
Soul is going to win. Soul is going to win the Oscar, especially after the, the, the Oscars allowed them to compete and allowed them in the shortlist because the rules were kind of iffy because each one of them did, did um, a track on the score rather than all work together on the entire track or the entire yeah. soundtrack. Um, but this is, it's just going to steamroll. I think it's going to steamroll and win everything until the Oscars. That's fair. And that leads us right into uh, best animated feature, which is uh, Soul again. Uh, and that's, it's just, I mean, it's the Disney of it all and it's the Disney Pixar. So it'll probably, it'll probably win again too. Yeah, it's going to win. Wolf Walkers is a better film. It's just, it just is, but you can't, yeah. you know, the Disney machinery. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a fan of this movie. I really, I thought it was just too the same as all their other movies. Uh, I think it was just too parallel to a lot of the other ones, but it's fine. I mean, I don't make these, I don't make these choices. I don't get to vote in the Oscars. So uh, we'll see that movie win the best picture at, I mean, best animated feature at, uh, at the Academy Awards. That's, it's fine. Uh, next category was uh, best foreign language film. That was, this one was, this one was probably pretty obvious as well. Uh, the sort of controversial thing just uh because it was an american film but they have they have uh you know it is a foreign language that's how the golden globes classify it golden globes at that award show they uh films that are compete in best picture have to be in english uh mm -hmm. where otherwise they're foreign language films so that's why minari did win uh best best uh foreign language film here now this is uh, by a lot of a lot of critics and everyone say this is this is one of the the sleeper picks for uh, the Oscars and a lot a big contender for the future. So, taking this foreign language film uh, Golden Globe and also having one of the best acceptance speeches of all of them uh, certainly seems to be a big push here. So this 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 mm -hmm. can really catapult and to launch this Oscar campaign for this film. Um, I've seen it. It's a beautiful film. It's a sleeper for the Oscars, like you said. I think it's. I think this is top three Oscar contention. Mm -hmm. um, the rule that the HFPA has is just it's dumb because they don't even follow it because they get they gave Babel drama and Babel had had like twenty five percent English and they give Inglorious Bastards the nomination where that movie is like forty percent English so they don't even follow their own rules. But that aside, if Minari was going to win, if Minari didn't win, like. Hollywood would burn to the ground last night. Um, I love it. I think it's an amazing film. I think it's, I want to see how it does in the Oscars. It has three SAG nominations. So it'll be interesting how it does with SAG. I think it's a contender to win SAG, just like Parasite did last year. Mm -hmm. I think SAG, I actually think SAG is between Minari and the Trial of Chicago 7. So I think that'll be interesting to see. But I really want Minari to break through in a big way at the Oscars, in a big way, even more so, even bigger than how Parasite did. Because Parasite didn't get things like acting nominations, and I'm hoping that Minari does. I think it has a better shot at getting some acting nominations than uh, Parasite did. But I, I think it'll be really good. And that the nice thing is it opens up another round for best uh, international feature. Yeah, and, and, and another round is, I think, so far considered the front runner for that. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to look at uh, the best adapted screenplay. Uh, or no, sorry, just best screenplay. It's just they just have one here. They only have one award, and it's yeah. best screenplay. That went to Trial of Chicago Seven by Aaron Sorkin. You know, this is his what third third win in this category. Third uh, win at the Golden Globes. He's been nominated now. What's that? Nine times. So uh, they they do they love him here. They they yeah. loved him. Uh, you know, we both we both went for Emerald Fennell because we thought that would be really a great win for her if she won for Promising Young Woman, but. Uh, they they went with their favorite and they they went with this and he's he's now could 
potentially the favorite for he's probably a favorite for best original screenplay. So, um, yeah, best original screenplay at the Oscars. He's probably the favorite now for that. Still he, competing with Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, but still he, he might be the favorite there. Yeah, he he. This definitely gives him a push for mm-hmm. for that category. It'll be. I was checking. It's interesting. He has three Oscar nominations, obviously with one win for The Social Network. Um, but he's never been nominated in original screenplay. All his nominations are adapted. So it'll be interesting to see when he gets in. Cause I know he's getting in. We'll see. I'm still not sold that this will translate into a win. Um, Cause the globes really love him. Yeah. Um, so I, I will see what happens in the guilds, especially in the WGA and other stuff. I still think Emerald Fennell has a, has a shot to win. I think it's definitely yeah. between both of them, and I don't think he still has it. It's too early to see if he has it in the bag. Look, it's just that look, I'm not a big fan of the Chicago Seven. I just liked it. I don't think yeah. it's his best work, um, but I'm holding on for Promising Young Woman. That is my movie until the very end of the season. I mean, I'm not going to rule anything out right now. I'm not going to. I'm not saying that. Oh, these people are going to be out here. These are locks. There's mm-hmm. no locks. I don't think there's. There's really only, I think, in my mind, like one or two locks in my mind, but. Beyond that, uh, I, I think everything else is wide open, and then I would not be surprised if any of these things, you know, fluctuate. I mean, there's a there's a whole season, there's a season mm-hmm. that goes on. So, uh, but right now he he's got to be edging up a little bit in in there for for that award. Uh, but then that opens up a lot of space also for, you know, other people to be nominated for best uh, adapted, which is great. So there's those those adapted ones. Yeah. Now one category I think, if in my mind, is is locking up locking up soon, is the best supporting actor. I think. Daniel Kaluuya won for Judas and the Black Messiah, and I think he was absolutely deserving of that award. I think he had the best, uh, I mean, he had one of the best acceptance speeches because his mic cut out before they started, (laughs) and he just, they were like feeling really awkward about it. Uh, And as a result, he's like going on there like, you're doing me dirty, you're doing me dirty, (laughs) as he starts off his speech. And uh, they they let him have the floor, and he he, he definitely uh, had a great speech, I thought. Uh, super excited about it and, and I think he is one of the most talented people right now out there acting like he, he's certainly probably one of the top top actors under the age of 35 right now he's probably like in the top top three right now top th- four like top five definitely uh, of actors under 35 for sure um, and he he just was crushing it in this role his performance is amazing we've we both talked about this on the pod uh, you know I, I think he is he's Shuring that one up, I think. Yeah, this is a lock. There's he's gonna sweep the entire season. Um, he's gonna win SAG, he's gonna win critics, he's gonna win BAFTA, obviously, home turf, and he it's just gonna be smooth sailing. This is one of the four acting categories. This is one for me of the two locks that we have this award season. He's and he deserves it. It's he's it's just a powerhouse of performance. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's powerhouse a, of a performance. It's a it's definitely a powerhouse and a, a, a classic example of category fraud. I mean 100% category fraud. Mm-hmm. He should not be in supporting. He should be in best. That's uh, best. that's yeah, that's another thing that helps easily, him. He yeah. but when you give a, a lead performance and you're in a supporting category, those tend to win. Look at Viola Davis in 2016. She's a lead for fences, but she swept the season with supporting. So that definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's absolutely fantastic in this. And uh, the only other thing I want to say about this category uh, was Bill Murray's uh, shirt that he was wearing. I don't know if you saw his shirt. <laughs> he's had this like, you know, killer tie dye shirt that he's wearing and with his like in his house with the background with LA in the background of it. Like he, he is like living his best life. 
He's living his life on the rocks. Like he, like he's so big, like, man, he, he was like loving it. Absolutely. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. I Uh, I love him. That goes into the next one, which was best actor in a musical comedy. That was Sasha Baron Cohen. That was again, the one that we, we both kind of, we we knew it was going to be him. It, Mm -hmm. It couldn't have been anybody else. Yeah, it's you know he won. He's the first person in Golden Globes history to win for the same performance because he won for Borat the first one, and now he wins for the second one. Um, you know, it was it, it was him. He had three we, nominations. He had to win somewhere. Yeah, I mean, we also talked about this uh, a little bit. Uh, we talked about this yesterday while watching the show. We watched the show together yesterday, and uh, via Zoom, by the way, we weren't we weren't actually in the same room. It would have been an expensive flight just to watch the Golden Globe. Exactly. Uh, but we were, we were talking about it yesterday. And he one of the reasons that one of the things that certainly helped him is we had, you know, with COVID and everything, we had so many movies delayed and he would have been competing in a much different category if had all the movies that were supposed to come out had come out. Mm. Uh, you know, things like The French Dispatch or West Side Story or uh, In the Heights. In the Heights. There, there, were so, there were so many other films that were going to come out that would have competed against him. But, you know, when you're going up against these other people, you're you're going to have a really good shot. So uh, yeah, he, he was deserving there. Um, and the last one was, was the one that was the most expected. And that was uh, best actor in a drama uh, for Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's black bottom. Um, he's it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it, it was a great, it was a great experience seeing his, his wife accept the award oh. and give a, a, a tear filled, tear filled, uh, tear, tear filled speech was, was really <laughs> great. She, she was, she was, she was a lovely speech. She was, mm-hmm. she was perfect in it. Uh, accepted it with grace and uh you know and and really channeled his his energy uh and something that i think this award season is going to go through and just respect and in honor uh not just not not he's not winning this again just because he he passed away i mean that's not why his performance is very good uh in my mind it's not the best but that's that's i don't make these i don't make these choices it's a, the critics absolutely love it and in people love his performance and, and it is very good um, but this is this is also in honor of his amazing body of work, and uh, you know, there's no doubt that he he not just amazing body of work, but also amazing human uh, mm-hmm. that he was too. So this is this is really really honoring him uh, in in the way that I think is really appropriate, um, and not just because of his death that he's being honored with this. I think too, I think he is quite deserving of it. Yeah, he deserves it. I think it's a powerhouse performance. I have another favorite performance. I prefer Riz Ahmed in The Sound of Metal, but this is a powerhouse performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would probably be in contention even if he didn't pass away. Um, yeah. The fact that he passed away, you know, we can't deny that it does help. Um, yeah. You know, I think the, uh, this is, like I said, this is the other lock in the acting categories through the entire season. I think he's going to win everything. I would be surprised if he loses um, something um from here on to the oscars but yeah he's gonna make history he's gonna become the third posthumous winner uh as of now i'm predicting him to become the third posthumous winner um after peter finch and heath ledger um and i think it's deserving and yes his wife's speech was beautiful it made me cry mm-hmm. it was just so so good she yeah, gave be- a best speech that most of the people that are professional actors yeah i think i think he definitely would be he would be in real contention if, uh, you know, if, if the narrative was a little different, he would st- certainly be right there up at the top and favorite. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, certainly I think his, his untimely, his untimely death really does, uh, you know, really celebrate his body of work and, and what he did, what he meant for the industry and what he, what he meant for so many people around uh, the world. So I think it's a, it's a great honoring and I think they did a great job with it and uh, they, 
they'll continue. We'll just continue to see some great uh, honorees for, for him throughout the award ceremony. And, and, and deservingly so, because he, he, he was a, ph- a phenomenal actor and someone who uh, certainly deserves to, to have all the credit that is given to him right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so now we move into the, the sort of the craziest part of the night. So most of this was like, you know, we had a couple misses, you know, with, we went, we took a long shot with Emerald Fennell and screenplay, or, you know, I wanted to go out of the box with Wolf, with Wolf Walkers. And, you know, you decided to go with Mank in one category. And, you know, we all, we all kind of like took our shots, like a little bit of a, a risk here, but then we thought we were being smart when it comes to actress, you know, we thought like, Oh, you know, we know, we know, we know these actresses. We've seen these films. We've seen a lot of the films at least, you know, and we've, we, we know what we're talking about, but we got all of the actresses wrong, all of them. And it was a, it was a crazy, crazy night for best actress. Uh, starting off with best actress in a supporting role. Uh, we had Jodie Foster one for the Mauritanian, you know, like this, we were, we were all so shocked. I had no idea. Like I said, I, you know, I was really thinking, oh, it could be Glenn Close if they wanted to go down that road. It could be Olivia Coleman because the, the Golden Globes loves her. Amanda Seyfried because, you know, this was the only shining part of Mank and she, she was great. Also, she looked great last night too. You, you liked her. She yeah, looked, she looked beautiful. A, a good, yeah. She, <laughs> uh, you know, we, that's what we really thought was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, Jodie Foster for the Mauritanian. I was like, what is going on? Like, it was so strange. I mean, I, the Golden Globes loves Jodie Foster. You know, she won the, she got the Cecil B. DeMille award like, Eight years ago, something like eight that. Years ago, yeah. Eight years ago. And like, you know, being, being you know, quote unquote young for, for that type of an award. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she has been nominated since. And then all of a sudden she's nominated and wins here. Like it yeah. was, it was really shocking that she, she won this. It was a huge surprise. I actually, I thought it was going to be Glenn Close. I think I thought it was Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, or Amanda Seyfried. I think it was between the three of them. I had, I would have, if I would have ranked them, I would have ranked Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, one, two, in whichever order, um, Seyfried third, Foster fourth, and Helena Zengel fifth. Um, so I was really surprised. You know, they love her. This is her first win in 29 years. Her last win was for Silence of the Lambs in 1992. Um Yeah, it's surprising. This category is going to give us all headaches until the Oscars. We don't even know who's getting nominated in this category. I think we can. I think the only safe person for a nomination is Olivia Coleman for The Father. That's the only person that I think is actually safe for a nomination at the Oscars. You can make a case for a lot of other actresses here. And I have no idea what's going to happen with this category. It's going to be insane. It's going to be a really, really interesting one. Uh, you know, Amanda Seyfried losing here is is a big blow to her campaign. Uh, but, you know, one thing that's going to be one thing that we can account for is uh, probably Yu Jong Yoon, who's in Minari, this, one of the stars of Minari, could be running in this category. And she can come in here out of nowhere because she didn't qualify because of the, the movie not qualifying. In this. Exactly. She could come in and, uh, you know, she's she's highly favored in this and apparently really loved within the industry, especially within the Korean film industry. So uh, there there's and now that there's an added uh, added little impulse of, of Korean filmmakers from, you know, Parasite last year, you have that extra little boost here. And it could be it could be really, really interesting to see uh, how she does in this. I mean, she is kind of one of the favorites in um, in, in the in the runnings to be nominated. So we'll see. I mean. 
does this boost J- Jodie Foster into getting nominated? I don't know. I don't know if she did enough here. If it's just like, because she's not nominated for the Screen Actors Guild Award, so that's that's not nominated there. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. This could have been taken a lot of people by surprise, uh, but we'll we'll see. It might it might have to push people to actually see this film because people haven't really seen the Mauritanian either. So that could be one of the other things too. Well, what's interesting is that when I say that, I think Olivia Coleman is the only one that's safe for nomination. It's because you have people like we have um, Jodie Foster win here. She's not nominated at SAG. She's not nominated at Critics. Amanda Seyfried missed SAG, which was a huge surprise when those nominations came out, especially Mank. And she's the best thing about Mank and she still didn't get in. Um you know, Jodie Foster is not at BAFTA. You know, can Jodie Foster get in, get a nomination with just a Golden Globe nomination and obviously win because she won? That'll be interesting. Glenn Close is getting nominated everywhere. I don't think she's safe by any means for a nomination. Um, mm. So it's it, it's it's going to be a weird. It's a it's a fun category. It's a fun year. It's yeah. a, it's it's a it's a it's a year that sucks for predictions, but it's a fun year because it keeps us on our toes and it's just. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a different winner for this category in every single award show into the which Oscars. Make, which is finally going to make an exciting award season because like we have so many times when they, they, they announce the winners for these awards at the Golden Globes and then we just watch them accept trophies all year. Last and year, like, all four it, went that, to win exactly everything. It was. it was so boring. I really love that there's a race going on. Mm-hmm. I love that there's a race. Um, the one that uh, the next race was the one for uh, lead actress in a comedy musical. Uh, and this went to Rosamund Pike for I do. I care a lot, you know, and this was again, this was a little bit of a shock because we were expecting uh, Maria Bakalova, uh, Bakalova to, to win this one. And, uh, you know, she was the favorite. We both had her picked, but um, it went to it went to Rosamund Pike. I mean, they they tend to really like her, I guess. Uh, and they, they like this performance. I I. I, I haven't seen this one yet, uh, but you know, that's what they went for. Uh, and it, it, it shocked both of us. She was again, uh, I believe one, of, she was up there. She, she secretly got up to the second favorite in the odds, but uh, was not favored to pick to win this one. Yeah. I think um, I'm not mad that she won. I loved her in the movie and I love her since gone girl. Um, and I'm glad that she finally got awards um because she didn't she didn't win golden globe for a gone girl so i'm happy that she won here um i thought it was gonna gonna be maria just because of the strength of borat you know borat was nominated across the board it ended up winning two i think her i think she was even better than sasha so i would have made the pairing of maria with picture rather than sasha with picture um so it was surprising but you know rosamund pike is amazing i care a lot um, I loved her. I'm not mad at it. Um, my question is, yes, this is in the comedy musical category, which is harder to break through for the Oscars. But, you know, she won a lead acting at a lead acting prize. Could she be that fifth spot for a nomination at the Oscars? That's the interesting thing. We have to see how it plays out. I don't think she gets in. We'll see. I'm not saying she she is, but I think that the best actress is so fluid, or at least it, yeah, the fifth it, spot is fluid that you can make a case that she could get in. Yeah, this it, definitely gets it, it people helps. to watch the movie. It certainly helps. I'm not going to lie about that. It definitely, definitely helps. But getting in is a different story. Uh, yeah, get, getting in is a different story. Uh, mm. I don't know if she will. Um, 
because she has to go up against the five women who are in best actress drama. And the one person I don't know if you remember this, we said only one person I'd be truly shocked if they won this of the four of the five that were here, there was only one person I'd be shocked by. And that was Andre day. And she won. And she ended she up won, winning. She ended up winning, which was so shocking to me. I had no idea that the, I, this was the, she was the, the fifth favorite in this category. Really the odds were not in her favor. Uh, but like Katniss Everdeen, she overcame and uh, and and won this. I mean, she she won this uh, this this award. I mean, it was it was it was really interesting for playing Billie Holiday in the United States versus Billie Holiday. Um, and it, it it follows a trend. Unfortunately, there's this trend that's been happening more recently with the Golden Globes and just with award season in general, uh, where if you you know play a musician a famous, famous musician, you're going to get awards for it and you're going to get nominated and you're going to win. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of this trend. Uh, you know, you have recently, you know, you know, uh, Renee Zellweger playing Judy Garland or Rami Malek playing um, Freddie, Mercury. Freddie Mercury. You have Taron Egerton, uh, Taron Egerton playing uh, Elton John, you know, even going back, you know, even going back, you have people like Jamie Foxx or, uh, Joaquin Phoenix or Marion Cotillard for La Vie and Rose. Yeah. You mean there's, there's, it's such a trend of things of, of people playing musicians and just putting on, you know, putting on a wig, singing songs, and then all of a sudden they're getting nominated and winning. I'm not saying these are bad performances, but if that's what it takes to win, then it's just like kind of boring. I like original characters. I like original characters winning awards. Uh, and it, it gets a little bit boring seeing this, but uh, I mean, I don't know. What did you think of this award? Um, it was a surprise. She, again, if I would have ranked them, she would have been my last pick. Um, I don't like the movie. I think it's a bad movie. I do like her. I think her performance is actually really, really good. I don't think her, for me, her performance is not better than Frances Viola or Carrie Mulligan for me. But I am not horribly mad that she won because she is really good in the movie. Um, this is a case, like you said, this is a case of portraying a famous person. I don't mind that trend as long as the performances are good. Um, and her performance is good. It's just that the movie is like, oh, it's not a good movie. But I could see yeah. this being that kind of like last year, Judy. You had Judy get actress and I got a makeup nomination. I could see this kind of being like that, you know, acting and maybe either a makeup or a costumes kind of thing. So you have one tech. She has to be taken seriously. You know, she just won best actress drama. She has to be taken seriously. This race is, has just been cracked wide open. Mm -hmm. She is not nominated for the, for SAG. She didn't make the shortlist for BAFTA. She is nominated at Critics. So this is another category that I can see a different actress winning every single award. And we have no idea who's going to win the Oscar in the end. Yeah, that's a, I'm, a, I'm actually a big fan of that narrative. I really enjoy when we don't know. I, I always love that. Uh, I hate the locks right from the beginning and everyone be like, oh yeah, they're going to win this. It's like, no, we don't know yet. So I really, really like that we don't know. Uh, and I like that it, there's a, a mix up here. That I kind of... I was shocked. I'm upset about my ballot, but I'm not upset about the winner. I think it'll be, it'll be really interesting. It makes me have to watch the movie. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but you know, just because I really thought it was going to be somewhere else, uh, the award was going somewhere else. I thought 
you know, we both thought Carrie Mulligan was fantastic and, and, and promising young woman. And, uh, you know, I, I really did enjoy Viola Davis's performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but, you know, I mean, it just makes me have to pay attention to it now. So, uh, you know, she's, she, Andre Day also has a, a good year coming up this year too. She's got a couple of movies coming out this year that are going to be pretty big too. So, yeah. uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see also how other award ceremonies go and how the, the narrative goes. Cause I know that, you know, with obviously with Rosamund Pike's win, that kind of puts her into some conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not enough. Generally, people who win Best Actress, Musical, or Comedy, they're not always, you know, slotted yeah. into, into this. But, you know, then you also have Zendaya, who is just extremely popular right now. I know that maybe her performance in that movie didn't work as well, but you can't underestimate the, you, you, you really should not underestimate the power of Zendaya. She is extremely popular, uh, and they might want to do something to make the Oscars a little bit more appealing this year because it's already going to be the least appealing it's ever been so they might do something like that to make it a little bit more appealing they they could i think yeah i wouldn't be surprised if andrew day actually misses an oscar nomination yeah i wouldn't be totally surprised if that happens i think out of the five spots i would say we have four locks and then that fifth spot for a nomination and then that fifth spot is wide open and it could go into a few people so it, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's going to be interesting, but this helps Andre Day because Oscar voting begins on Friday. Yeah. So this will so be helps. fresh. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fresh. Um, also, this could be a case with Rosamund Pike and Andre Day winning. These movies premiered both of them in the last two weeks. This could be a case of like, this is the recent thing that I saw. This is the freshest movie that came out. So yeah. I'm just checking it off. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're undeserving. I think they're, they're both really good in the in their respective movies. Um, but that could, you know, could be part of it as well. Yeah, that certainly is something to look out for. So uh, we'll see. We'll, you know, we'll obviously be following these races quite a lot. These are the most interesting races. And I'm, I'm glad we have interesting races here. Uh, mm. You know, some other things that, I mean, just to quickly talk about a race that doesn't matter anymore. And we're not going to talk <laughs> about any of these movies again. That's Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Borat, Subsequent Movie, Film, One. Congratulations to Borat and all those involved. You know, you won a category that was filled with a movie that everybody absolutely despises and hates and a play <laughs> and a camcorder recorder of a play yes <laughs> of a play uh so congratulations to you guys for winning that award um but the other the last two are the, the most interesting ones uh director best director went to chloe Zhao, who gave gave a terrific speech here she was she was phenomenal um and seemed so thankful and grateful for this award and uh you know, I, I'm excited for this race, the best director race. Uh, that'll be quite interesting to see who gets nominated in that one, um, because I'm not 100% sure that these five directors are all locked in here for this. Nope. Um, there, there could be some definite mix-ups here. Um, you know, certainly Chloe Zhao is definitely the favorite now for the Oscar. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, in my mind, that she, her direction in that film was absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, she, you know, if you don't know, she's the director of Nomadland, and it was a phenomenal film for her direction. I think she, she's definitely deserving uh you know and i think aaron sorkin is also really right up there in it uh because they just really like that film but you know you can definitely see lee isaac chung coming in there yes um there's been also some chatter in in the in the back recesses of, of hollywood that spike lee can make an appearance as well there's there's that idea um Regina King is, is still riding this wave of her first film success and, and the story. And it's a really good one. And then Emerald Fennell again is right there as well. Uh, she, she can certainly get in there. So I think there's a, there's a good seven people who are vying for these five spots. And I think really Chloe Zhao and 
Aaron Sorkin, and probably David Fincher are, are locked in, but the other th- th- four, two spots are, are really between four, for those four people, I think. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Fincher misses. I'm not. I'm not predicting him to miss. I would be. I would be surprised only because it's a film about Hollywood, and Hollywood loves talking about Hollywood. Uh, that's that's why I would be really surprised. He's he's a huge name in the in the industry, and it's a film about Hollywood. And when you start incorporating all those old people who actually were around when in the when black and white was still a thing, then then you you get him in there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be. I'm definitely not predicting him to miss, but I wouldn't be surprised. I personally wouldn't be surprised if he misses. Mank has been very polarizing. Um, I did not like Mank at all. Um, but I think this is Chloe Zhao's. This is just smooth sailing. This is another one that as of now, I think is a lock to win. I think it's her. I think yesterday was the beginning. She's won. I think she she is doing, she's pulling off um, an Ang Lee for Brokeback Mountain. She is winning every single award. She's steamrolled the critics' prizes, just like Ang Lee did. So I think this is the beginning of her just steamrolling um, televised awards for Nomadland. And it's deserving because that movie is... What a breathtaking film. What a breathtaking it, film. It is It is quite beautiful. I mean, it's not my favorite film of the year. It really isn't. But uh, it is certainly an absolutely beautiful film. Uh, there's there's no doubt. Uh, it also helps that the the guy who scores it, uh, Ludovico Inyendu, I think his name is, uh, he, he he's the guy who did the score. And he also does... He's the person that I listen to when I go, when I like wind down for the end of the day, he's the music. I put his music oh. on in the background and I just, I was listening to it. I'm like, Oh my God, this, this piece that they're playing as they're transitioning from like one place to another in this movie. I'm like, wow, it's such a great piano piece. And I'm like, wait, is this the same guy who did wrote all those songs that I listened to? And like, yeah, it's the same exact guy. There so, you go. uh, yeah, it's so it, it really that also added to the the level of it. But it is it is a wonderfully directed film. Yeah, uh, he, the the performances she gets out of out of the nomads themselves uh, is incredible. She's 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 got an eye. And who are uh, not real actors? They're just real no, nomads, real people. They're, they're the real nomads, and it, yep. it, they're they're really really good performances. There are only two actors in this film, and everybody yeah. else is just real people. It was it was very very good, um, and. You know, they, they, this movie also won best drama. Mm-hmm. It, won, it won best drama, and it, it continues to to have this this lead. I mean, it, I I went with Trial of Chicago Seven just because I thought that's what the Hollywood Foreign Press would go with. Uh, they they didn't. They went with Nomadland here. Uh, I know you had Nomadland. Yes. Uh, this was this was one of the they were they were like neck and neck here. And I think I said in our preview podcast that, uh, you know, when I talked about the nominations, it was going to be between these two movies the whole year, and this was gonna this was gonna set the tone for. Who is going to win? Which award? What? How's that going to go? And you know, it could go like previous years. I I have a feeling it, it will go like previous uh, Oscar years that we've had, where you know, screenplay is going to go to Trial of Chicago Seven, and then film is going to go. Film and director will go to Nomadland. I mean, Nomadland is a beautiful film. Um, I think it, it does definitely does have a shot here uh, at winning. It has the best shot, uh, and I I couldn't I can't really see much else beating it out. Well, I think this is the, as of now, this is the front runner for, for the Oscar for Best Picture. Um, it helps that obviously it won. So um, I just, I went with Nomadland. I thought Chicago 7 was going to win. But the reason I went with Nomadland is because I love it, like it more than Chicago 7. But the Globes don't tend to divide director with picture. It's very rare that they do. Um, unlike the Oscars, the Oscars this past decade, we've had tons of directors win without their films winning. Um, but Globes don't tend to do that. Um, 
But I still, in my gut, I thought Chicago was going to win because the Globes tend to go for the flashy, big productions. And mm-hmm. Nomadland is not that at all. It's a small movie about Francis McDormand taking a poop in a bucket. So <laughs> it's, you know, I had no idea um, if they were going to go for it, but I loved it. I'm happy. I think this is the front runner. I think as of now, it's between Nomadland, Chicago, and Minari for best picture with Nomadland I, having the edge. Looking at it uh, based on the the way voting works for the Oscars, I think it's going to be Nomadland. Uh, just looking at the, I'm looking at a list of like potential movies that are, that could be nominated. I mean, if you look at all the movies that could be nominated, you know, if we have, if say we go crazy and we go with 10 movies nominated, right? Say we get 10 because that's the max you can have at the mm-hmm. Oscars is 10. If we have Nomadland, Trial of Chicago 7, Minari, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, One Night in Miami, Mank, Promising Young Woman, The Father, and then, uh, I don't know, Judas and the Black Messiah. If we have those 10 movies be nominated, right? Which again, all deserving movies being nominated. I think every one of them would be deserving of being nominated here. Uh, there are, I, I think because of the, the preferential ballot, the way the ballot systems work for voting for best picture, I think Nomadland stands a great chance here because it's going to be in everybody's top three. I think that's the thing. That's going to be in the top three. I think Trial of Chicago 7 could be just, it will, could be at most, would probably come in third on most of these, which would catapult it to two. And as a result, I just think that Nomadland takes it because of all of that, because it's going to be in the top three of most people's ballots, I think. I, I have to say, I yeah, for sure, because um, the preferential ballot, you have to be liked. You don't have to be loved. You have to be liked to win with the preferential ballot, because as long as you make it like top three, you're fine. That's why I think Minari has a shot. Minari is the parasite of this year. And I'm not saying it's because they're Asian American films or, or deal with that kind of story. It's because they're loved films. When you're a film that nobody hates, you're going to be ranked high. So I'm with you that Nomadland mm-hmm. and Minari, I think, are the two movies that everybody likes across the board. Whereas think like Chicago 7, Mank, Promising Young Woman are more divisive um, and people are like mm-hmm. hit or miss with it. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if Minari after SAG just becomes this like contender and chatter especially if lee isaac chung gets in at director that's going to be huge for that movie yeah we're i'm really i'm really excited about it i think there's there's it's going to be a really exciting award season i think there's going to be a lot of twists and turns between here and the end i think it'll be quite exciting to watch you know from the actress races and director um i think could be interesting to watch screenplays and then the best picture i think is definitely an award that's up for grabs uh, you know, that'll be a really debatable one. I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to see how this rolls out. Um, you know, certainly we're going to get, we're going to cover a little bit more of the awards for, for each one as we go through. Um, but I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on our pod talking about every single award show. We'll, we'll probably hit the highlights of the other awards show, like the guilds and the critics and, 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 and whatever we'll, we'll hit the, the highlights of those, but yeah. I'm not, we're not going to cover it like this. Uh, but Certainly, it's going to be a really exciting awards season. I think that this awards season is going to be one of the most interesting, especially with you know the COVID of it all because of movies being delayed and everything like that. It'll be really interesting to see, uh, and it would certainly be just again really funny if uh, if Nomadland wins just because only because or Nomadland or Minari win because it's not a Netflix film and more 
more that Netflix doesn't know what the beat of America is. If Netflix doesn't win this year, Netflix is if Netflix doesn't win this year, Netflix is never ever going to win a Best Picture Oscar ever. <laughs> we'll see. They have a movie coming out this year, star uh, directed by Adam McKay, and it stars uh, Jennifer Lawrence and. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio with Meryl yeah, so, Streep and Kate Blanchett in it. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's got it's got that coming out later. So we, they have a shot. I mean, they got the they have the formulas. They got formulas down, but they don't have the execution. well. And this is and I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm They've got formulas. You... I mean, you look at you look at last year. They had they had Martin Scorsese right, and they had Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci. You know, they had this formula, but then they also made a you know a, a, a 15 part series that uh, just nobody cared about. Well, and this is where I think, um, I can't believe I'm doing this, Steve. I'm giving you the props on something. This is where your thoughts on the binging model, not that movies can be binged, come into play. I think the Netflix factor, the good thing is that a lot of people see it, but the bad thing is that after a couple of weeks, the buzz has died down. Yeah. Whereas it, because everybody sees it at once, Whereas in the movie theaters, you release a movie and people just keep rediscovering the film or watching it over a period of a couple of weeks and maybe months. So this is where I say you might be onto something that the Netflix model is not good when you think about it from different aspects, in this case, awards. Yeah, the, the it does have some of its drawbacks. It does have some drawbacks. I mean, we, we can have a whole discussion on uh, binging model versus, uh, you know, just uh you know weekly release but uh we don't have to have that now uh it certainly impacts quite a lot but um yeah i I think it could certainly impact that and i think it's really interesting that netflix is is missing on a lot of these they're they're whiffing on on these awards despite the fact that the past three years now this is now the third year right where they have a big contender you know trial of chicago seven is this Mm -hmm. year last year it was um it was the irishman and irish and marriage story yep um and then the year before that was uh Oh, oh man, I um, I'm blanking on the movie. Uh, <laughs> the Alfonso Cuarón movie. What was that one? Oh, Roma. Um, Roma. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry, I, I completely blanked on that today. Uh, yeah, but Roma again. So like another one that everyone thought was gonna win and, and didn't end up winning. Uh, yeah. You know. So <laughs> but, we have... at, but I love Roma. But looking back at it, are people were people gonna? Did you ever see Roma? No, I haven't actually seen it. <laughs> I don't think people were going to vote for a movie that began the first 20 minutes of somebody mopping. So it was yeah. like, mm. Yeah. A black and white movie in another language, you know, is something that a lot of voters probably were like, hmm. Yeah. Pass. But to be fair, Wilma walked so Parasite could run last year. <laughs> yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a difference though. I mean, uh, you, you can't, Parasite is one of the best movies that's come out in the la- in this century. It's one of the best movies that's come out in the century. There, in my mind, there, there's like no doubt. It is one of the top five movies that has come out since 2000. It's one of the best winners of that Best Picture Oscar ever, ever. It's, it's a phenomenal movie. So like you, if you haven't seen that, you have to see that. Uh, but I don't want to talk more about last year's stuff. Uh, let's just real quick. I just want to end off and just see. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on, on this award show, this award season or anything like that? Um, it's going to be fun. Golden Globes are done. The Golden Globes messed up our minds. They blew up this race and it's going to be fun to predict and get your act together. Golden Globes. <laughs> one other thing I just wanted to throw out there. Just one last thing uh, was, was just about the, the, the zoom calls. Okay. 
if you're if you're an actor and that's that's listening to our podcast if you're one of the nominated actors who's listening to our podcast which i don't know how you found us but thank you for for giving us your attention and uh, if you want to be on you know we're more than happy to have you on we don't care who you are we'll have you on literally anybody i really don't care if tom green is listening we can have tom green on i don't care even though yeah <laughs> anyway uh but if, if you're listening and you're being nominated have a better zoom presence okay set up your computer in the right way set up like like, like call up Dan Levy and see like how he like go with his setup. He had one of the best setups. I don't know if you, if you, if you thought that like, he looked like he was ready to accept an award. Not, yeah, not some people, not like, uh, you know, Jason today is sitting there on the couch, uh, in, in a hoodie or, um, or, or Jeff or Jeff Daniels in like, it looked like his bedroom. In a flannel Jeff shirt. Daniels looked like he was having dinner. He told his wife, I'll be right back. I have a, I have a meeting on zoom. Yeah. He came for his, for his category and then left back, went back to dinner. <laughs> just, just have, just, just have a better setup. I mean, come on. Like really, like if you look at like, there were a few people, like I, I really think Dan Levy was, was probably the, the one that in my mind stood out. Like he had the best setup. He had a professional looking setup, mm-hmm. you know, have a professional looking setup. Also, if you're going to win an award and you know you're going to win an award, like uh, um, like Lee Isaac Chung did, okay, have your have your kids on. They're always they're fodder for us. We love it. I loved it. And, I think that was his um, daughter was coming on. Mark Ruffalo as well when his kids went in the back yeah. and just hugged him. Well, the, the his his <laughs> Lee Isaac Chung's daughter coming on and just giving him a huge bear hug was was like. And just like being adorable and, and stealing the, the screen was just fantastic. That was, that was probably my favorite moment from the night. So just do that. Get your kids on, get your pets on, you know, this is zoom set, have a better setup and just do that. I think that would be, <laughs> would be the best bet for me. Cause there's going to be a lot of zoom in these awards for this season. So yeah, get your more. act together. Anybody look that's advice for anybody that's doing zoom, have a better setup. Stop looking down at your, at your screen. It, it's not flattering. Get a better angle. Okay. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, that's uh that's that's a little bit too much at home. Um yeah, that's I think all we're gonna cover today. Uh you know, we're we usually cover WandaVision, but uh we don't really we didn't want to run too too long today. So uh yeah, it was a good episode, but um we'll we'll cover the season finale uh next week in, in our podcast and we'll we'll have a little bit more talk on that. Uh so we'll we'll see you guys uh next week and uh thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.